0: Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Latino Business Report. The Latino Business Report is produced by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce, the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. And now for the conclusion of this special edition of the Latino Business Report. Jr. continues the conversation with immigration attorneys Alejandro Martinez and Raimundo Valdez during the TAMAC quarterly meeting held in McAllen, Texas. Part two of the two-part series wraps after this short break. You're listening to the Latino Business Report. Okay, welcome back to part two. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I am your host of uh, Latino Business Report. And today we have, uh, for part two, Alejandro Martinez, attorney at law, and Raimundo Valdez, attorney at law also. Gentlemen, thank you for staying and doing part two of this show. I mean, we kind of uh, went there for a while. Where did we leave off? Anybody remember? God. Or oh, the wall. The wall is there. Okay. And what's going to work? Or not?
1: Yeah. And why are the Hispanics being grouped into a category that is criminal in nature, that actually is a legitimate offense to this country, which are illegal immigrants that are actually causing crimes and have committed aggravated felonies and are actually doing wrong things? why is it that all hispanics are all of a sudden now being blamed and why are we all being perceived as being these criminal aliens as as the terms or the 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 technical terms are being called uh in legislation and executive orders that we that's wrong we should the hispanic culture should not be categorized as being criminal aliens for the simple fact that you're hispanic that's part of what's going
2: on and that's part of this symbolism of the wall uh, across the border between Mexico and the US kind of gives uh, or plays into the theory that it's Mexicans that are the wrong type of immigrants because it is between Mexico and the United States why aren't they building a wall between Canada and the United yeah, exactly. States you know <laughs> so it plays I think into be, the,
0: I think we ought to build a wall between Texas and California myself but that's a whole <laughs> other other deal <laughs> you know you you talking you were talking about that and as we look at it, watching some of the, the newscasts and these talking heads, you're absolutely right. When they're talking about um, violent criminal aliens, I mean, violent alien I mean, it, it's like they can't separate. It, it, it's just, not that you just have somebody yeah. here that's undocumented. Everybody is a violent criminal.
1: Yeah, they're rapists and they're uh, drug dealers. dealers. Drug dealers. And, and, yeah.
2: bad hombres hombres. and and we go back to what we spoke about earlier in part one about this administration using fear tactics uh to gain support for their actions and this kind of rhetoric is what's gaining support for the executive actions that the president took against the immigration community when in fact there is no basis for this now he uses the phrase violent criminal aliens when in fact the executive actions opens up the floodgates for any individual that's here uh, without legal authority to be detained and deported without due process. And that's a very important point to Doesn't point Doesn't that out.
0: contradict the, what you were talking about the other day? Exactly. Says, as immigrants have rights, immigrants the rule have of rights. law the rule is of the due process. So, so exactly.
2: the executive order, as it is, cuts into the law, changes the law, which, is, which a president cannot do, and stops due process. That an uh, immigrant has a right to. It, these are legal rights that persons, whether they're here illegally no or legally, here. and yes, and, have a right yes. And what this executive order does and that this is not spoken about in the media or the president doesn't say this, he just says I'm deporting criminal aliens, but he doesn't say, oh criminal aliens involves everybody that's here illegally, not just those that are convicted of yes. crimes. It actually open up the floodgates for anybody that's considered to be a national threat at the discretion of the detaining officer, which is a very scary part. I'm sure uh, Mr. Martinez will let you know, as, as, as I have experienced, that when it comes to uh, discretion uh, and you give an authority the discretion to use their power, uh, their discretion to enforce a law, you will find that... It's not prevalent, like I said before, but there is a lot of abuse of it. Abuse of the discretion, in
0: to their discretionary power. So, in other words, a police officer,
2: mm-hmm. a police can be, officer can be the the authority that's detaining you. Either the judge, jury, the jury, the judge,
1: and the executor, and the yeah. executor in chief. Yeah, absolutely, and
0: and, and that's d- not how our legal system is based. And I'm not taking anything away from our law enforcement community because I think it's no, no, it, no, no, it's no, absolutely one. But absolutely, you, all, you also have some communities where these officers aren't very well trained, mm-hmm. or you have where they make where they have reserve officers or auxiliary officers mm-hmm. that are, you know, the guy that works down at the meat market. Here's a badge. Here's a gun. Let's go protect the go- mm-hmm. border and start, you know, arresting and deporting Mexicans. You know, so I hear this it's story. Scary.
2: I hear this story over and over with some of my clients that have. Uh, entered the country in an undocumented way without inspection uh, multiple times. And why did they do that? I asked him, well, why did you do this? Why didn't you just uh, ask for a judge? Because the officer told me that if I signed this paper, I will be okay, and I could come back and fix my papers because I have a U.S. citizen spouse. That's not true. That's not true. So officers, because of the lack of education and the lack of training, are given misinformation to the people that are being detained now let's understand something the officer's duties are not to advise the person on legal matters it's to enforce the law but when you give them the discretion as wide as it has been given they use that discretion to their advantage and sure. against the person
0: they're being detained in order to get this resolution they want, not to help the individual. And you were talking earlier uh, during the day, and I heard that this whole thing about expedited removal. Deport- removal. Uh,
2: which is a deportation, it's just another word. So, for will these officers
0: possibly have access to that yes, as well? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, in other if, words, without due process, whatever, if you get somebody who just. They're a uh, POPO, a pissed off exactly police officer. He, he, he doesn't like the color of your eyes, or he doesn't like you know what you're wearing, or you smart it off to him, and he gets mad. He can say, okay, I deem, it's my discretion that you're here illegally, so I'm going to pass you up. You offended up, deport me, you.
2: so I find you to be a nas- uh, threat to national security because you offended a police officer. So now I have the right to expedite, remove you, which just means, another word for deporting, deporting a person really fast. I think they call it repatriation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna yeah. We're going to repatriate you.
2: And uh, yeah, unfortunately, with this new executive and, order, but that's not the way America was supposed to exactly. work. Nope.
1: Exactly.
2: No. Nope, but there's
1: a guy. But there's an underlying factor. There's a pattern of conduct that, as much as you want to call it fake, uh, fake news, or or um, you're you're you, you're a Hillary supporter or whatever it is that the administration is trying to categorize you to discredit you. It is a fact that from the very beginning of the campaign that was going on, there's been an underlying and a direct message also towards the immigrant community. And now with these executive orders, we have blurred the line between what is criminal mm-hmm. um, and between what is simply illegal, which is two different things. It is illegal to be in the, to cross into this country. It is illegal to be here in this country without actual aid, illegal permit. That's illegal. But criminal is different. Criminal you can be placed in jail because of the act that you're doing and because you are harming the community. Okay. And so the, now, now this executive order has now blurred the lines between illegal and criminal and now they're saying if you're here illegal now you are you a a criminal. criminal now you are a criminal so it's 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 a bait and switch it's a switch of the it's a nice little switcheroo right there you're getting hoodwinked and in reality it's a way for the now these officers to be able to go up to anyone that doesn't have status and say you are a threat to national security because you are a criminal alien and to get ready to get deported and i am the decider of whether or not we're going to do an expedited removal because i don't know if you're looking at me too funny or not let's see how the day ends up and from there we'll take it
0: so it's just not a matter of semantics it's a matter of changing the meaning of the law Mm -hmm. yes yes. Yes. And doing it
2: doing it through an executive order which is not the legal system we have in order to change the law there has to be legislation passed by our congressmen and senators which are elected officials for the people
1: and you would think that if that's the way if you you would think that that's that that if we want to be hold people uh, accountable so then the way they did it with DAPA and with DACA, where the where the federal court said this is unconstitutional. You cannot give a legal permit to these individuals by an executive order, which Trump supported. And now he has executive orders himself doing the exact very thing, same thing that those federal courts said you can't do. Where is the integrity in what you're saying? Where is the consistency? Or are you just manipulating the system in a way that is to, to your best convenience?
0: And then would concerns, me, concerns me, why is there such silence on this issue by the GOP? I mean, it, it, the good old, it, what is the what is the GOP stand party. for?
1: What is what is the GOP? What, what is I'm sorry, but what, what are those uh, initials stand for?
0: Well, the they have GOP. Been, there's different. There's a lot of different meanings on that one. I grand mean, old I, party. I, oh. I, I, I see <laughs> where you're going. you setting me up, counselor. You're setting me up. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying No, I know. I know. Who, what, do, I, who I, does that represent? Who's the grand <coughs> old party? Who's the grand old party? I I know exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. And and I've I've heard some some folks talking about this. I don't I wanna sound like that. I've heard. No. But <laughs> I can't help but feel that a lot of the current Republican Congress is staying silent because in this our president of the United States right now, as unconventional as he may be, some of the things that he's doing is kind of in line with some of the agendas. Is let let some him of be the, the wild hidden, agenda. the hidden, hidden agendas, let him be the wild card I agree. and take the heat and let's move as Let's move our agenda, Mm -hmm. our hidden agenda, as much as we can until we finally have to put a stop to this. Because Mm -hmm. we can't go through four years of this circus. Look, Republicans
2: can't go ahead and be pro-immigration and they can't go and be fully anti-immigration because they lose votes. And and this is a reality of politics. Uh, They have to play to people's uh, wants and needs so they could get elected re-elected yeah. and, uh, back into their uh chair or their
0: seat their position and to be fair and try to be balanced here what the heck are the democrats doing i mean as, as they're well, outvoted but it's kind of like and this is funny because funny
2: thing you bring this up yesterday there was a meeting between uh congressmen and ice officials uh immigration and custom enforces mm-hmm. enforcement officials and uh Donald Trump and his administration selectively denied entry to certain Democrats. Uh, Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. Yes, exactly. Repeat that. Repeat that. The
2: administration of Donald Trump selectively denied entry into this meeting with ICE to certain Democrats that they saw that they shouldn't be in this meeting with ICE. And only other Democrats were in the meeting with ICE. These were congressmen. These, these, yes, these are elected officials, like and one of them uh, being uh, our representative uh, Castro from San Antonio. Wow. Uh, well, no, he was actually let into the meeting, and he came out saying that he, ICE, did not answer much questions, that his feeling was, after the meeting, that the administration is going for everybody except Dreamers. Everybody Which even at that dreamers. is not true. Which even at that even is, at that not, that is true not true because as we saw this past weekend, Dreamers were detained yeah. and accused were put in... Accused of being in, a gang member. Yeah, and were put... Accused of being accused. a gang member. Not and even charged, on that. not even convicted, accused by an officer because the officer, again, finds them to be a threat to national security
0: because of a tattoo they had. It said mom. <laughs> it was <the> virgin <laughs> of Guadalupe, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but okay... Well, with that, and this is what's always, when the whole Dreamer thing came to, uh, when they started, you know, acknowledge that or to defer um, deportation Act, yeah. or whatever whatever the legal yeah, term is. Yeah, deferred action for
1: childhood, childhood, childhood arrival.
0: But what scared the heck out of me and gave me pause is that each one of these students had to be registered, right?
1: Registered right. or graduated from.
0: And in other words, but basically, government knows who they are and where they are. Absolutely. Oh yes. So with that, it can be very easy if some if, if somebody woke up with, hey, we're just going to round up all the dreamers. Well,
2: and that's that's one of the biggest fears right now in the immigrant community, especially with dreamers, that uh, President Trump will terminate the Dreamers, the DACA program, and will now enforce immigration law. Uh, using these individuals information which with the Obama administration it was understood that that wouldn't happen that they wouldn't use this information unless they had some kind of criminal conviction not activity not charge not assumptions but criminal conviction Uh, and unless they had a criminal conviction they would not use this information for purposes of deporting the individual now we have a president that can say I terminate this program, and I direct immigration authorities to go and look for the, these individuals. That's scary. It is. That's scary. For for,
0: for our listening audience out there, or somebody who may not be aware of it, please explain Dreamers what what that is and the, these programs.
1: Well, I'll let, yeah, Mr. well, well, the, well what's explain this. The 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 executive order, the childhood, um, arri- the deferred action for childhood arrivals is an executive order that mimics a piece of legislation that has been has failed to pass repeatedly, yep. under the, what's called the Dreamers Act. The Dreamers Act has failed. It failed to obtain enough votes to pass through Congress. And as a result of that, President Obama said, well, if, if, if the legislature cannot get organized and they can't get together and work together, to resolve the immigration crisis. At least the people that are the most vulnerable that have the least culpr- uh, uh, the least culprits of, of, of committing any type of illegal act, uh, those individuals should be given the opportunity to work and to be here in the United States without being deported. So they mimicked the Dream Act and they put it now under what's called DACA, the Deferred Action,
2: which was so, an executive order. Yes, uh, from, Obama. Uh, from Obama. From Obama,
1: but it, it's all executive orders, as you know, can be done and undone by the executive. So it's not an actual. Uh, it's all. It's really not a legal right. It's not. A it law. is not a legal status. You are not it's protected. Uh, legally if you have DACA however if it is respected within the internal departments that that executive order stands in place then they should they, the officers should obey the obey the order should not, should obey should. the order nonetheless you do not have the rights of a legal permanent resident or an American citizen that actually is given to you through legislation so these individuals the DACA recipients the dreamers which in reality they're not dreamers because the dreamers are, legisl- are would have been legislative uh, beneficiaries. Here, okay. it's executive order beneficiaries. So DACA is simply something that has created an illusion that these children now have the right to be here when in reality... It's, 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 it's an order that can be, an undone, can be undone tomorrow if President Trump wanted to. And I think that if that were to happen, and, and I'll pass the mic here right now, if that were to happen, just like it happened when per, in, in Pearl Harbor, I think that if something like that were to happen, where they are now go after the very individuals that trusted the government to come out and try to contribute towards this country, I think that you will awaken the sleeping giant. I think that you will see a massive amount of uproar and unrest on behalf of this country that you will never have ever seen before, especially on behalf of all the immigrant community. And that will be a day that we will remember. I don't think that, I, I, I don't think that it would be, I would just be flabbergasted to see that all of a sudden now they're doing raids on DACA benefic- uh, uh, recipients, that would be something else.
0: Awaken the sleeping giant. I thought you were going to start going to mandatory internment of Japanese Americans. I mean, <laughs> which I hope we're not there. Mandatory internment of anybody who's Latino, uh, as as we look at this. And I, I always, I do have a response to that a comment for that sleeping giant. I tell people it says Latino community, we're never sleeping. We're just too busy working. But you wake, you know, get, get us our attention, <laughs> sure. and we're going to bring that. We're going to bring that that force together but it makes no sense to me why bright young educated or you know kids or young men and women going to college should go in fear of, of you know with classes and everything else is going on and it's not like these it's not like these students were given you know, opportunity they had to work they had to pay your tuition they had to academically meet the standards mm-hmm. they're over there against all odds and beating them mm-hmm. and they're going to enrich this country they're going to make it mm-hmm. better they're going to be they're going to be our future doctors lawyers attorneys they, already, states. Are. they, they are. already are you're right they are so why in god's name would would anybody want to say we're just going to remove that program and send these kids back to a home or a country they never even knew makes no
2: sense it makes no sense to me the the only thing i could think about is uh racism and power and and and,
0: and well power but more than anything let me, let me, discrimination let me against these people it, we talk about racism and discrimination and i know it exists but yet everybody's on you know, as you see it oh i'm not racist i'm the most non-racist i mean they don't like it but yet they're demonstrating actions the, speak louder the actions. than words
2: uh we saw yesterday, and I don't know if if, if you saw this, but uh, Trump's press conference, and, and you saw it with the Black Caucus question. I don't know if you're familiar the, with yeah, this. Yeah, the, the BC, but yes, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, the congressional the, black the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, a journalist who was a black woman mm-hmm. uh, stood up and asked uh, Mr. Trump uh, whether he was going to communicate with the. Congressional Black Caucus. And he very abruptly said, well, I don't know them. I don't know them. Do you know them? Can you set up a meeting? I'll meet with them if you know them. That Those actions just directing himself towards a black female like that and making the assumption that because she's a black female, she knows the Congressional Black, uh, Black Caucus and, uh, and that she and that will reporter, set up the meeting. And that meeting. the
1: reporter should be acting as a secretary yes. to set up the meeting for him between the caucus and between the president is absolutely incredulous right. by anyone who proclaims themselves to be the, the leader of, of, of the best country in yeah. the world.
2: and, and uh, the, the
0: least racist mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the most... Uh, uh, well, I'm surprised that he hadn't met with the Black Caucus, which only I can only assume he hasn't met with the Hispanic Caucus either at this point. No.
2: A lot of the people, the Democrats that were denied uh, uh, entry into the meeting with ICE yesterday were actually from the Hispanic Caucus. So they just kind of filtered yeah. who came in. And yes, who didn't. sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. God. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's scary, and I hope that uh, this is a fluke mistake this administration uh and i hope this is not uh this does not represent our future politics but okay. because if it does it's but, a but, but
0: Mr. Ballard, Mr. Ballard. very scary notion. the american people voted for this president I he's doing the will of the people these know, were his campaign promises. that's funny uh,
2: and let me go into yeah. uh, the electorate college a little bit which was the for electorate the college, it was for the colonies. colonies was, yeah, the it and, set up and it was set up to protect state. individual votes. But as we grew, it, it stayed there. Uh, we have a president that was voted into power by the electorate college, but that 3 million more actual voters voted for the opposite party. We are the
0: only democratic but system. Have, but there was over 3 million people who were bussed in and voted illegally. <laughs> That's just... Uh, <laughs> It, there's
2: no factual basis for well, that. Well, I mean, okay, we could say okay. fake news, we, fake we news. could say a lot of things. Maybe there was three million people that voted illegally for Trump. I don't know. That's in, fake news. But in, in, the, the, in the, the the fact is, Christ. the fact is that we are the only democracy in the world that voted in the the president through an electorate college, not the popular vote. All of all the other democracies do it through the popular vote. And I understand that the electorate college was. Uh, instituted so it could protect the integrity of the votes but at this point it's reverted itself yeah. and it's we, not we, working
1: yeah we, we've we've already outdated it's, yes, we it's, have. yeah it's, it's obsolete at at this point and it does it, do, it doesn't really work to where we are now yeah. um, and, and uh, the fact that we're dealing we're still talking about this about the election. And the fact that the president himself (laughs) still campaigning. No, and the fact that the president himself years ago said that the electoral college was a fraud, and that it was that it was uh, that it was uh, you know ineffective or whatever it was that he tweeted at that point, and now he's saying that the electoral college is the best thing that has ever happened. It's just it it really makes you think. It's not about the party. It's not about the policies. It's about. Your integrity as a human being, your ethics, your values, and your morals. And do you want the person like that, that is so hypocritical on what they do and inconsistent, and or the strategy of I want to be unpredictable and I'm going to do something different every minute to scare you into thinking that you don't know what I'm about to do. That is that, that's the that's where I think that we're having a problem as a nation. It's not about the parties. It's about character. It's about who you're dealing with as a person.
0: I think you're absolutely correct. And and of course, I was playing you know just the devil's advocate yes. here with the, with the thing. Here's 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 part of my dilemma as I look at this. And I consider myself well educated. And I've I've you know. Free up on current events and everything, but I was raised in such a manner that my dad was military, my mom was a teacher, I was raised with discipline, was, I was taught to respect, I don't call people stupid, I don't exactly. belittle or try to embarrass people. I listen before I talk and I try to come up with a plan. But at the same time, even to this day, and it's getting, it's getting difficult, but I respect the position of the president. That's the president of the United Shouldn't States. Should be respected. This yeah, is I the United either. States of America. Respect the position. I may not always agree with the policies or the the, the man or mm-hmm. woman who's in there, uh, but I still respect it. So, as a as what I consider myself as, as an American, mm-hmm. obviously, as one who votes in every election, and I tell people that's a, I have a right to bitch because I do vote in every election and I study the issues. But my point being is that. If that is our commander in chief, which that's a whole other issue mm-hmm. having having the finger on the nuclear code and everything. <laughs> if that's our commander in chief, and that's who this country is supposed to look at for guidance, mm-hmm. and when that individual right now is flip flopping back and forth and just going down rabbit trails, and we can't even determine whether these, whether it's the press or the White House itself, we don't know what the truth actually is at this. So point. We, we need it's they, blurred. It's
2: becoming difficult to respect. And I respect the, uh, uh, the president, uh, and like you, like you say, he's the president and, and it should be respected. But it's becoming more difficult to respect when the president disrespects other sections of our government, our judicial system, our congressmen, the media. So when he starts disrespecting people in such a way it's kind of hard to respect that person respect me and i will respect you but, but if i have a, a, that. uh, a view that's different that. from you and you don't respect my view just because you're the president and i'm wrong then it's kind of hard to respect your view just because you say so
1: and let's talk about what's facts it, though what's the, the, the example tweets. well the tweets even a five-year-old would, know, would rule in my favor. Yes. You do not speak to the federal courts in that manner. You do not say uh, to that federal court deciding politically um, and to try to undermine their integrity of the of the, of the judiciary. Yes. That, is, that is a disrespect towards the most one of the most important branches. Sacred and, and branches. Sacred of branches government. of our democracy. And that is a lack of respect. Now, it, it's not about and, party lines. If you look at what happened with Guantanamo when George Bush was in place, and the the matter went up to the Supreme Court, George Bush said, I disagree with your opinion. Nonetheless... I respect yep. Yep. your opinion. Well, the, I disagree with it, but I respect it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, he didn't sit there and insult them and insult the judges and say, oh, even if you or... were a five-year-old, you'd decide in my favor, oh, this is just a political opinion. No, you respect that branch. It, and that's part of being uh, thats part of being a patriot. That's part of being an American. And that's part of making America great again. It's a respecting the institutions that we have, uh, not just someone who's going around being a blowhard. I mean, it's and a it, and You saw it
2: with, with Obama when his DAPA his second executive order uh, uh, failed to go through the courts Uh, the court decided against them he didn't come out and insult anybody Uh, he wasn't in agreement with the decision obviously but he didn't come out and insult uh, the judicial system or the justices that decided his case when you come out and, and Donald Trump is the president the most powerful man in the world and you come out and you make a statement like that it has effects it, it's basically digit, uh, de-legi- blah, blah, blah. De-legitim- called, yes, delegitimizing our judicial system and our judicial branch. And when you put that thought into people's heads mm-hmm. that these are not judges, they're so-called oh, judges. Oh, yeah, so-called judges. Uh, now you yeah. start... Yes.
1: That's, now now those you are the facts that I'm talking about now that j- undermine yes. the actual branches. Now exactly. you
2: start... And that's not fake news, by the way. No. And you start putting fear into people. Not only fear, but you start putting speculation in the judicial system into the American public. Now the American public is speculating whether the judges that we elect are doing the job correctly. And that's a scary thought right there. That is a a slippery slope. This is the
0: genesis of anarchy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and, and then comments in Chicago... He goes, do I need to send, you know, troops I mean mm-hmm. I mean well, do I need to send the feds into Chicago to help the, the violence over there? I mean that's yes. kinda of scary. Well this too.
2: morning it was reported that he was looking into you using the National Guard to go after undocumented immigrants. Oh my yeah. god. And that right there. Oh yes. my god.
1: It, it goes it goes back to character. And I don't think it's about the policies. I don't think it's about the party. It's who are we dealing with, and what kind of character do they have? Uh, Is there a, a set of principles that they abide by? Are they do they stick to what they say? And I think that's the issue that we're dealing with today. That every day it's a different story whether it's the one china policy and i'm going to speak to taiwan whenever the hell i want and you're not going to tell me what to do and then all of a sudden it's like oh guess what we're doing the we're doing the the one china because policy Taiwan again.
0: makes his daughter's dress line yeah,
1: well <laughs> And then, ha- and then having internal people from the administ- from the executive branch promoting their own uh, private interests, and all these issues that keep on arising, it's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about the leader of the free world. And is this what we want? In my opinion, I don't. This is not what I want. I don't want. I don't want someone that is unpredictable. That you don't know whether your constitutional rights are going to be trampled on on any given day. I respect the position of the president. I respect him. But what I do respect even more is someone who has values that resemble what the electorate wanted and what the founding fathers put uh, as a foundation for us which is the three branches of government and equal representation.
0: Well it's obviously that this um, commander-in-chief is uh, he reacts to the media mm-hmm. even though he says he hates it. It's mm-hmm. kind of a love-hate relationship. kind uh, of be nice if for a 48-hour period if nobody covered him I'd probably mm-hmm. drive the guy crazy. Yes, But at, at, at the same time Because he has, and I'll admit it, in the mornings my routine is when the alarm goes off, I reach for my my phone and I'm going to... Twitter, says what did what did Trump say in the wee hours of the morning? if if you
1: got the automatic feed right. Yeah, I mean, you got like, that the notification.
0: Oh,
2: it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you all saw uh, the Saturday Night Live skit uh, this past weekend, but uh, there was a funny a funny remark where the uh, they're in the people's court and it's yes, Donald yes, Trump versus that's the that's the that justices that, that decided <laughs> against him. But the the judge in the people's court goes, Mister Trump, I just want one day. That I'm not scared of looking at my phone and seeing an alert on CNN that scares the hell out of me, <laughs> and it's true, it's, it's true. Every the morning is, yeah. I look to my phone to see what's going on, because it changes or every day. The
1: tweet, I'll see you in court. To the was it was that the circuit court of appeals? Yeah, I'm gonna see you in court. I'm gonna appeal this. Within well, hours, they said we're not going to appeal it. And then hours later, the administ- uh, Trump said, I, th- I believe he tweeted, "I will see you in court." Then they said we're not going to appeal. And now they to another. The end, by the end of the day at night, they said, "Yes, we will appeal." That's okay. what I'm talking about. Well, let me ask yeah, you, those are the issues. Let me That's ask. A
0: problem. Let me ask you this. I mean, um, to be fair, there's a lot of people out there who love what Trump is doing. There's a lot of people who say we elected him to drain the swamp we elected him to build a wall we elected him to shake stuff up we elected you know donald j trump to do this his base he's doing what his base wants every time he does something like this whether it be calling the national guard write an executive order say we're building a great wall it 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 invigorates and recharges that base and as we're looking at that that is something that is very very real out there Uh so and, and I'm trying to be balanced here, a little bit fair. As we have issues with Trump, as, as, as there's issues, both good and bad, is, he, is there good things that he's actually doing, and is this actually shaking up this system a little bit where everybody has to stop and reevaluate? Well,
2: he's doing a lot. He's shaking up the system. And, and yes, he's doing a
0: lot of things
2: that he promised his face, but he's doing it in a manner that is reckless. And that's the problem here. You want, But his
0: base loves it.
2: Well, then I don't understand why they love it. And I think misinformation is more the key here. Because, like we said earlier, he uses key phrases to use scare tactics and to play to his base. But as you said earlier, why aren't we talking about the legal rights that undocumented Persons have in the United States. Why aren't we talking about that? The base loves it because they don't understand the other side of the story And because they don't give the other side of the story. but ultimately
1: Jared I think it it ultimately I think that This is an awakening for many and if there's one thing that we are behind as 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 minorities The one thing that we are very much behind it's like starting a a hundred meter sprint uh, 50 50 meters behind the person who keeps on winning because those people that, ke- that kept on winning already knew exactly how the rules worked. And I'm talking about civic participation. I'm talking about all if okay. all the minorities, if all the minorities had the same amount of civic par- participation as, as the Caucasians do, then it'd be a whole nother playing field. However... The suppression of the vo- of the vote between between the between minorities is something that is, is it goes uh, you know you hardly ever hear about it but it's true we uh, the Hispanics are, don't really vote blacks don't, I mean they, they do vote but not in the same ratio or quantities that, 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 uh, that Caucasians do. Not- so it's important to know that what's happening right now is, is, is a wake-up call to say, hey, one of the biggest privileges you have been given as an American citizen is your vote and that's what speaks for you, so use it participate in your community at the local state and federal level make your voice heard and tell others what this is about and that's what we're i think that's the whole purpose of what we're doing here
2: today one of the things too is uh it plays to his base we've said but let's uh, talk about his base uh he won not because of the base that is more uh, racist or that likes to discriminate against people. Donald Trump won because he paid attention to people that got uh, that felt forgotten. People that felt that the government wasn't paying attention to them. And these people came out and voted for him because of certain promises. It's not the illegal immigration promise. It's not the, I'm going to get rid of Islamic terrorists. That is There is a base for that. That's part mm-hmm. of his base. But a lot more people came out because of the promise of, I'm not forgetting you. I'm going to create job employment. I'm, go- I'm going to create job opportunities. I'm going to give you back your jobs. And a lot of these people, I believe, the Democratic Party forgot about and didn't... didn't. Or took make, them for granted. Took them for granted, yeah. Uh, took them for granted, forgot about, call it what you want. They did not uh, look after their needs and, and wants. And... Those are the people that came out and voted for Trump. If you see when the election happened, uh, which counties he was winning in Florida, for example, it was a lot of little counties where uh, the Democratic uh, Party did not go and campaign because they took him for granted, because they took Florida as a whole state for granted just because it's a a blue state and Mm -hmm. they believe Hillary Clinton would win. This happened throughout the nation and we saw the consequences of that. So this should be an awakening not only to all the public but to the Democratic Party that there are people out there that feel forgotten, that feel that the government uh, has too much power and regulation and control over their lives and what can happen with their lives and that feel that there needs to be a change. And they didn't think that the Democratic Party would bring that change. And Donald Trump promised a change, shake up the, the, the drain system, the swamp. Drain, the swamp. drain the swamp. Yeah, and, and I believe that's what got him in there. Uh, you know, if the Democratic Party would have uh, paid attention to these people, I think we'd be in a different position. And I think it needs to be a wake up call for the Democratic Party to not forget about these individuals and not just rely on. Um, being popular, true. <laughs> it will
0: well, listen, ratings? Uh, I,
1: it shouldn't, uh, be ratings. shouldn't be about the ratings. It shouldn't be
0: about the ratings. However, Ed, ed Schwarzenegger show is not doing good as uh, <laughs> the uh, Apprentice. There. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing that I have to that keeps coming back to mind is that I'm, I'm curious what what is history going to say about this administration? We don't know yet, but at the same time, I can't help but feel uh, prior to pri- prior to and I'll be real honest. Prior to the election, I was split. I mean, I've I've, I've historically have always voted, you know, Democrat. Mm-hmm. I've seen some issues. Um, you know, eight years ago, I was a Clinton supporter. Uh, then Obama got in the office, and then I was looking at Clinton again as a, as a party. But then Trump, as a businessman, you know, me being a businessman, an entrepreneur, I said part of me was agreeing. I want to see. reform of 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 Obamacare, because Obamacare, to me, is not working. I would like to see a business person head up some of these departments after seeing all this waste. I would like to see that. So as some of these Mm -hmm. choices for heads of these agencies at one point leaves some people scratching their head. On another area, it's like, if you get some good managers and, and leaders and CEOs who know how to run things in a business profitable way, maybe we can streamline government a little bit. So part of me really wanted to see Trump win. And then the other part was going, watching the campaign trail, what can we expect? Well, mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that a lot of that was a bunch of smoke mirrors and oh, show no. mm-hmm. to get elected, and once elected, there'd be a more settling down. But it seems it's just continued, exactly. and may even get worse. Yes, yes. But I think from from a historical standpoint, as we look at it, you, and you said it, he's shaking things up. So now that he's shaking things up, people realize that. Your vote does matter. Yes. Your voice does matter. It's causing us to re-examine ourselves and some of the things that are out there. Whether a wall, a $25 billion wall, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I can't get behind that. (laughs) You know, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, we're Americans. I got family here in the Valley. I want them to be safe. I don't Mm -hmm. want criminals coming over. Absolutely. We need to, anybody who's... commits a crime no matter who they are need to be punished yeah you know deported sent back, thrown in jail, exactly.
2: deported whatever it is there has to be a punishment for crimes yes, But we absolutely. don't make a
0: blanket statement that that demonizes an entire race or culture or community just to try to gain power or make yourself feel better or to justify a political campaign when,
2: yeah. when in power always carries responsibility it's been said with great power comes great responsibility and when you're the president of the United States and you're uh, creating rhetoric and, and making statements that support uh, discrimination against certain minorities, that's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. Uh, I've lived it personally uh, back when I was a child, and I had not lived it again till this past weekend, where somebody, just because of the way I look, told me, welcome to America and called me a thief. Really? I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer, and well, I was I <laughs> appalled by this person. I was really upset. You got upset? I, I think, I don't know what I would, I think, I don't yeah, know if I would have just started to To be quite
1: honest. At, I, I mean, it's just, it's it, that is so, it's ex- it's extreme.
2: No, extreme. and I went up to the guy, and I said, what do you mean by that? And he couldn't answer me. And then, I, you know, I didn't want to create a problem, so I just said, you know what, man? Me and you are cool. I understand you're drunk. That's fine. I'm just going to walk away. And I took wow. off. But I had not seen that that level, that yeah, that level of discrimination and outwardly just, too. It's yeah. not even we'll hidden Welcome to the U.S. It's, just... it's like I, I am a U.S. citizen. It's like I a... was born here. I've been here all this time.
0: And it was, it was calling you a thief, basically. He said, "Yeah, he was calling me a thief." Okay, I gotta ask you. Did he know you were a lawyer at the time? No. Okay, because that might have justified the the comment. Ah, <laughs> 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 sorry, <laughs> sorry. Touche, touche, touche. Okay. Checkmate, <laughs> checkmate. All right, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, you're not going to bill me by the quarter hour for doing this show, are you? <laughs> well, well, it no, depends on your comments. Be a standard fee. Okay. <laughs> but as, as we look at it, guys, seriously, uh, in the immediate future, I know there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. What, what recommendations would you have for kids? I'm sure people possibly listen to the show. Some may be here undocumented, they may have family members, they know some things. What's are some of the smart things to do? I mean, you were talking about it uh, earlier, yeah. uh, about being prepared, have a plan. Be proactive. What can, what, what can they do to be proactive? Well, right
2: now, uh, what we're recommending all our clients uh, that are in a situation you know, where they're living here in the United States undocumented or have family members that are living here undocumented is for them to prepare for the worst. Uh, uh, prepare all your personal documents, make copies of them, Uh, If you have criminal backgrounds, get the court records and make copies of the court records. If you have children, get their birth certificates and make Mm -hmm. copies of them. Uh, If your spouse or your parents uh, are uh, U.S. citizens or residents, make copies of their birth certificates and their residency. Have a power of attorney in case you get detained and you need somebody to take over your decisions uh, when it comes to your property, Mm -hmm. your assets, and your children. Uh, And keep copies of everything in your house with you and with someone you trust and it's and it's part of your emergency plan and the emergency plan if you're detained that person's going to be the one you call the one that's going to take care of your children and the one that's going to have the power of attorney and that's how we prepare and be proactive for uh, the risk of being detained
0: now when you're talking um Mr. Valdez, in your, in your seminar, I heard you say something about if somebody's been here for two years. That's absolutely true. There's another category, or
2: how does well, that work? The executive order, uh, and and this is where it contradicts with law and where it changes law. Uh, the executive order states that uh, if the officer, the, the detaining officer, uh, to his discretion, uh, uh, acknowledges that the individual has been living here for Two years, if the individual can prove to the detaining officer that they've been living in the United for two in the United States for two years, then that person will have the right to see a judge. Otherwise, the officer has the discretion to expedite remove that person from the country. So right now, it's recommended that uh, individuals who are at risk of being detained by immigration of uh, officials carry with them some kind of evidence that they've been here for uh, two years in order for them to be able to see a judge. Otherwise, they might not be able to see a judge. Once you're with a judge, it's easier for us as attorneys to act uh, to try to protect the person's rights and if there is any benefit to fight for that immigration benefit. But if you're at the discretion of the officer and you can't prove that you've been here for two years, that avenue might be cut off.
0: Okay, you also said something that kind of made me pause. If you're driving down the street with somebody or somebody's in your car, you better know who's in your car. Absolutely,
1: now, human human trafficking is um, a lot more, um, the charge of human trafficking is used in a manner that goes w- way, way beyond what a layman person believes to be human trafficking.
2: Well, it human- encompasses also alien smuggling, alien smuggling. When you're putting it in. in- yes. Yeah. But if I'm,
0: if I'm driving down, I got a, I got a, 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 a primo, a compadre over here, somebody I've known for years. and didn't realize they were undocumented. If we're, driving down the road to go get some beers or something and we yeah. get pulled over
1: and unfortunately it comes down to knowledge and mm-hmm. as to whether or not you were aware that you were transporting someone that was here and documented or not or not and this has become a real uh, issue especially for legal permanent residents um who are charged with this human trafficking charge and ultimately end up in removal proceedings because of the fact that they had someone in the vehicle that they actually did not know that they were here without any, any documentation. So they end up getting charged with a you know, human trafficking charge and they end up going into removal proceedings. And unfortunately, many of them don't have what they what you call uh, the immigration relief, the immigration's legal solution, and end up getting deported because there's very strict requirements as to who can qualify for relief. Uh, once you've committed what's referred to as an aggravated felony, um, so uh, so so it that's a very it's a very delicate topic because at the end of the day, um, when you have communities that ha- that are mixed between individuals that are here with status and are without status, uh, obviously people move and transport themselves in vehicles and if you don't know if you if you don't know the law or if it's simply not practical it's not practically it's not humanly practical for you to not transport your son to school and you have no method to do it other than you transporting that person through the vehicle and then all of a sudden you have several people in the vehicle it's just it's 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 it invades your, your, your daily life to a degree that all of a sudden now you can be getting deported just because you had your compadre in the vehicle that didn't have papers and you got stopped. And then all of a sudden ICE comes and says, hey, you knew that he was here undocumented. So it's a real issue, and it's not spoken about enough.
0: And I think that's the point a lot of people need to realize, that it, it, it's real. Mm-hmm. It we is see real. It. The United States of America that you knew at one time is changing. Some people think it's for the better. I mean, some are elated. That it's happening. Others are just scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're very scared, especially with the attack on sanctuary cities. We're talking about militarization of the of the border. Mm-hmm. You know, all these funds. I mean, coming down, driving down here to, to to South Texas, it was like every I saw more cops than I've seen in a very long time. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. But one one of the, one, I think that one of the thing one one of the issues or the, man, the one of the, the the facts that can comfort us is that. It is the administrations are temporary. And that we every time that something goes to one way and extreme, the famous pendulum swings. And you know what I'm talking about, the famous pendulum. Well, 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 let me ask you this, Alex. You you see where I'm going. I agree,
0: but let's say whether it's four years or eight years, or let's say four years, a lot of damage can be done in four years to businesses, to families, to lives. I mean, it... Demographics. uh, Demographics. I mean... One year. I mean, butterfly effect to a certain degree. How much can actually change? I agree. The pendulum may have to swing, but at what point are we going to find that balance of some semblance of acceptance and order as opposed to one extreme for another? I'll tell
1: you when. Congressional election coming up here in about two years. That's why that's when that pendulum can start swinging the other way. And what you're doing right now, what we're doing right now, and about expressing our opinions and putting into the public, the actual real issues and how it affects our daily lives, is part of making that pendulum swing back the other way and have those constitutional rights protected. So when when the congressional election comes up and we have the power to see where we're going to sit, uh, in, in the House of Representatives and in Congress, that's one of the areas in which we can, it's already, it's already how far are we from, from the next election, uh, congressional election? I think it's uh, less than two years. On my
0: there. computer, I have a countdown. <laughs> but it's not it's too far from it's, 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 it's about a year and a half. It's about a year and a half. And a lot can change. In and a lot can time, change. And we're doing it. I think we're doing it. In, and by no means do I want to uh, give anybody the, the impression that I'm anti-Trump, I'm anti-this. I mean... I have issues with the President of the United States and his policies right now. I mean, I've never met the man. I have no desire to, actually, but it's it's the policies. And this is our reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, i think for a lot of times with people for the first time, are reason how much authority the President of the United States actually has. And I think he's going to be pushing it. And that's in dispute. Yeah. yeah. That's, he's pushing it, but we do have three branches that are supposed to be equal, and it's, there's this mm-hmm. dance. But in the meantime, it's affecting. Not only everybody's lives, or a lot of people's mm-hmm. lives in the United States, there's having a global effect. I mean, yes, the rest yes. of the world is watching. Yes, you know. And as far as uh, you know, with with uh, other countries having their elections coming up, and with Russia, I mean, I don't care what I hear; I'm not buying it. it you the, know, yeah. Russia's there. They got a sub, you know, about thirty miles off our coast right now. The fact that that campaign people were 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 in constant communication with Russian uh, officials and operatives that just scares the heck out of me. What is this world coming to when people can find out or know facts like that, whether they consider them fake news or not, damn it, stop and investigate it and get to the bottom of it if, in fact, you know our elections in any way, not being manipulated, but even if they attempt to tamper with them, we should be able to concern about that and block that.
1: And unfortunately, if what these allegations um, are actually come to fruition and it is true, That somehow there was some type of collusion uh, between the campaign uh, and between Russia. If this happens to be true, then you're not going to have your leader that was elected in this form trying to help you incriminate himself. So in other words we do need to get to the bottom of this republicans and democrats and the senate and in the house are supporting a, a congressional investigation to find out how much interaction actually took place and whether there was collusion whether there was an understanding because if that did happen then don't expect the person who benefited from it to actually do a self-investigation to incriminate himself. That's not going to happen. That's that's. It's like I told a judge one time, when have you ever heard someone come in here and tell you that they spoliated the evidence? When you have the evidence in front of you, no one ever comes in front of the judge and says, Judge, I destroyed the evidence. Why? Because it's self-incriminating. So th- we're not saying here that the president in any way did anything wrong.
0: Hillary did but- it, didn't she?
1: Well, that those are that's, that's what that's what he said during the administration. But the point is, let's get down to the bottom of this and let's use our departments, let's use our institutions to understand what exactly happened, so that we understand where our president lies and where he where where his his interests are vested and uh, if there's any leverage from foreign countries that might have upon our leader. That's those are legitimate questions to ask. those are patriotic questions that will make America great
0: again. It would be nice. And I just got to say, as far as the the Democrats, quit your whining already. It's over, okay? I see, you may disagree with me, but I see no benefit of people going in the streets, protesting, doing property damage to hardworking individuals who own businesses out there. Yes, you want your voice heard? Do it through the vote. Do it through other things. I'm all for freedom of speech. I'm all for protesting and doing. You can do that till the cows come home. But at one point use that energy in a productive way to actually start making a significant mm-hmm. change. Yeah, uh, Guys, it has been great. I want to thank each of you. We're, we're almost, well, we, heck, we can keep on going, but we're out of time. <laughs> but what, I, what I'd like to do, and, uh, Mr. Riles, why don't you go first? Any closing thoughts that you might have on, on this subject or anything that's related? And please, tell us again, your law firm, where we can find you. You guys have been super today, and I want to at least acknowledge that your attorneys of what kind you where your businesses are at and how people can get in touch with you, if you had any further questions
2: yes of course uh again Raimundo Valdez I'm an attorney with Valdez and Monares we have offices in Brownsville and McAllen uh, you can contact us through 956-278-0888 uh, the last point to make and this I always tell everybody and it was a point we made earlier Uh, If you're in a situation where you don't understand what your legal status is or where you don't know if you have a legal benefit, do not count on the comadres' uh, perception of your situation, on the compadres, primos, or whatever anybody else is saying. Inform yourself, make an appointment with an immigration attorney. We offer free consultations. Make an appointment, inform yourself, sácate de la duda. You know, know your situation, know if you could fix your documents, know if there's a benefit that you could benefit from in the immigration context. And if there is, do it. Do not wait until something goes wrong. A lot of people do do not do anything until it's too late. They're already in deportation proceedings. They already got convicted uh, of a crime. Be proactive. Call us. Get information. Inform yourself. That's the best advice I could give anybody.
1: Okay. Yes, I'll, I'll, on behalf of myself, Alex Martinez, as, as president of the Immigration Institute, our sole purpose is to inform the public. Uh, we are also located uh, physically in Brownsville and in McAllen. Um, our phone number is 956 540 2255, and uh, we really uh, make great efforts to. Uh, collaborate with organizations, with the cities, with um, nonprofit, with private sector to give seminars, to provide information, and to educate the public on what the rights are. What are the strategies that you can use for your human personnel? What are the ways in which you can manage uh, a certain type of detention or deportation uh, encounter with, uh, with with law enforcement? We're here to help the immigrant community. Um, and to advise them on what their rights are and to do that at every level possible. So um, our, our intent is to educate the public, educate the immigrant community, and help the families stay together. So we're, we're here to help, and uh, and there's nothing more that we want than to see our country progress and to have everyone that's come here to create and, uh, and realize this awesome dream, the American dream, uh, to, to keep that intact and, and protect their constitutional rights.
0: I'm assuming both y'all's firms are members of the local Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, um, and once again, guys.
1: Well, I'm, I'm also I'm I'm also vice chair of government relations. Uh, for the board of directors of the Hispanic Chamber, so the the the, the we have an alignment uh, in terms of the chamber and in terms of also the the organization on where we on where we stand on many of these issues with whether it's the wall, whether it's the twenty percent uh, tariff on imports. Um, as vice chair of of, of, of the board of, of the RGV Hispanic Chamber, uh, these are th- these matters are issues that affect uh, businesses, business owners, employees, um, and the people that they serve also so it's not it's not just the undocumented um it's also the community at large
0: let me ask you this just when you think the show's almost over if they were to build a wall and you see the type of enforcement that's being proposed what's that going to do to the economy of texas and how many american jobs would probably be
1: lost it's going to deteriorate, it's going to cause psychosis, it's going to make people believe that we are in a total border war, which we do not, that does not exist, there is no border war going on. I mean, there is sometimes cartel violence going on on the other side of the border, but there is no border war going on, on at least on the United States side. Um, so what it's going to cause, it's going to cause a detriment towards the economic development, it's going to cause a detriment to to, to, to the flow of bilateral trade, and it's going to affect many Americans as well as many people in other countries that we deal with. So it's going to be very, very bad if we all of a sudden invade the the border with all sorts of enforcement and it's not required. And not only that, but allocate resources that are needed in in, in other areas of of the state or in other areas of the country. You take it away from there and then you put it over here. So it's just a, now that's not a win-win, that's a lose-lose type situation.
0: And if we added a uh, tax to Mexican imports to be able to pay for they're said gonna, wall or barrier they're gonna
2: add a tax to our imports they're gonna uh, uh, their, our products are gonna go up in, in expense and cost we're gonna be spending more as individuals to purchase products that we purchase every day produce for example mexico is not going to pay for that wall even if Donald Trump says that they're going to uh, have a 20% tariff yeah. on anything that comes in, it's going to hit our pockets. So Americans will be ba- Indirectly, pay- the Americans, will be, Americans twice, will be paying twice for the walk. Yes. It, it's going to create, and going further, it'll create a trade war, something that we don't want with one of our longest allies in the world. I just cannot understand why would we want to ruin that relationship.
0: I did see on TV the other day the speaker was talking about redeveloping all of our trade agreements and start actually starting charging. I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, there's a
1: there's a big irony in what we're just talking about right now about this whole uh, tariff that I want to mention is that in fact instead of hurting Mexico, instead of hurting Mexico, right now Mexico is being helped by many other countries in order to come in and substitute the demand for the products that they were importing over here. So it's actually causing an opposite effect I've, I've the president thought that he was going to harm Mexico, and now all of a sudden you have Japan uh, and in and in Germany and several other countries saying, "Hey, we're going to come over here so that you're not you're not being bull- bullied on and picked on, and that your economy doesn't all of a sudden fail as a result of these tactics that the president is using." But so it's helping. Not, it's helping Mexico.
2: A lot of Mexican nationals believe that. Uh, If they terminate NAFTA, it'll be to the benefit of Mexico, not the U.S.
0: Well, and and I tend to agree because, I mean, it has been a balance. It has been something with good neighbors. But I also know for a fact, and one of the reasons I would go there so often, is just to start learning the, the business mentality and thinking. But China is pounding at the door right now oh, yeah. if the u.s leaves a void in mexico china is going to come an in there you create an that, opportunity
2: yeah. for someone else that Absolutely. they're going to take advantage of and it's a business opportunity not only that it's a political opportunity to gain worldwide power as allies of countries that are coming together and this nationalistic uh position that the united states is I, as it looks, taking uh, through the administration of Trump is a very, very dangerous thing for us because the enemy of my enemy is, is my, my friend. friend. So when the you start, enemy
0: of my enemy is my friend, yeah. yes.
2: So when you start kicking out uh, your allies, destroying these relationships, and in doing so, making them your enemies, you're empowering your other enemies.
0: Well, gentlemen, I'm afraid we're going to go into part three if we don't end <laughs> this right now. But thank you again so much, thank guys, for having right on the show. Uh, my name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host, and you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. You can find this on iTunes and SoundCloud along with our, um, our website. And for documentation sake, this recording was done February 16th, 2017. We'll see you next time. Si se puede. Si se puede. <laughs>